Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Hello, Dreamfesters. Welcome along to the Dreamfest podcast, the show where I, Pete Steele, have arranged the mother of all festivals. But, like a total plum, I've forgotten to book the bands. Thankfully, I have a guest and a time machine, and they are going to travel through the annals of time and curate for us their Dream Festival lineup. This week, my guest curator is the co founder of one of the best independent record labels in the UK right now and have been for a while. It is the brilliant Jack Clothier of Alcapop Records. Now, Alcapop are home to some of the best alt-rock and pop-punk bands around, including the Subways, Dream Nails, Tiger Cub, Art Brutes, Penis, and indeed some Brum talents in the shape of Johnny Foreigner, Youth Man, and Your Poetry. Now, this was an epic recording. Jack was very, very generous with his time. So much so, I've had to put a load of the content onto our Patreon. Don't worry, you'll still get all the usual content here today, but if you haven't already, go and sign up to the Patreon at patreon.com slash dreamfestpod, where you will hear loads of bonus talk and chat and content, including Jack talking about who he's going to hang out with backstage, who makes his ultimate band lineup, and it's an epic one this week and we'll hear the tale of jack's own band and he exclusively reads one of the very worst reviews possibly ever written it's both heartbreaking and hilarious in equal measure so thank you very much jack for reading that out so that's patreon.com slash dreamfest pod to hear that i'll be back at the end with some handy links for you but without further ado let's sit back relax and invite jack clothier of alcapot records to create his dream festival lineup Enjoy. Too confessed. Yeah. Too confess. No, no, too confessed. Only because <laughs> it's such a weak pun. Because the toucan has a beautiful bill, you see. So yeah. it's such a great bit, yeah. I mean, you can because, funnily enough, just purely by coincidence, uh, my little boy had to do a school project on an animal, and he chose a toucan. Well, toucan fest it is. That's toucan um, fest it is, yeah. And we can have a kind of toucan fest booth, you know, some kind of sort of like if you've had a difficult time, you know, this year, you can kind of go and speak to some kind of religious leader and sort of say like, I have some things to confess, and uh, we can kind of we can we can extol sin. No, that's not the right word, is it? Cleanse, <laughs> cleanse sins at the uh, at the festival as well. Why not? Uh, this festival is going to do all things. So uh, I yeah. like it. Well, can we we can we, we can call it to confess? Brought to you by the Dream Fest, <laughs> and you can go and confess. Or yeah. Like anyway, yeah. and actually, look, let's have no confessions at this festival. It's just party. It's party time. Yeah, it's full on party. I yeah, think. we're we're free of sin at this festival. <laughs> <laughs> until the end of the festival then certainly not exactly when it's all been uh linked to the internet then everyone says what you've been up to yeah <laughs> we, we can have a ban on phones if you want but uh no 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 no. i mean like i'm not encouraging them but i think my social media manager would go mental if i banned phones because you know it's kind of like we need some content from the festival some of the artists that literally exhumed from beyond grave i think uh i think you know it's uh it, it's vital that we have something um recording memories there having said that uh, they wouldn't be encouraged 
okay, well. Enjoy the moment, right? Enjoy exactly, the exactly. Uh, and maybe capture the moment, <clears throat> but maybe not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the odd, the odd phone is fine. You know, I don't mind. You know, take a take a picture. You know, you're enjoying yourself. Show your pals. But yeah, I don't want this like recording the whole set nonsense. Like. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. We don't want any of that. I think you've no. got a five five second rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Although not harshly enforced because this is going to be a nice festival. I think um, I think your your guests will police themselves. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have a lot of a lot of respect for the festival goers at Confess. Exactly, exactly. Well, Jack, I wanted to talk to you um, about uh, before we get to to festival shenanigans. I just wanted to talk a little bit about you and uh, what you do. Uh, many people will probably know Alcapot Records, but for those who don't, tell us a little bit about Alcapot Records. Certainly. So we were formed way back in the uh, in the old grainy monochrome days of 2006, I think. It was a long time ago. Um, and basically, we are a UK indie label who uh, kicked off with a football bet. We essentially decided to start a record label, borrowed a few hundred quid off my dad, gambled it on uh, Portsmouth beating Charlton. Uh, luckily, they won. And uh, we were able to put out our first release. So, who, is it, uh, who is it that scored the winner? Uh, it was Lamana Lua Lua Lua. Lamana Lua Lua, the Congolese uh, former refugee who uh, rocks up playing for playing for Portsmouth at the time, who was brilliant. Um, so nice, they named him twice. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and people remember his magnificent flips. Um, although I feel like at that point, he'd been banned by his manager from doing flips. I can't remember. I, like, there was definitely a couple of managers who were like, "You're going to injure yourself. Stop it." Um, but yeah, so so since then, we've gone on to work with many bands from across the world. So we work with the likes of Art Brute. When's this going out? This podcast? Um, not sure. Okay, <laughs> in the next couple of months. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll, we can mention it then. Uh, the subways yeah. as well. And we work with bands sort of up and coming like Cherim from Derry, who are well worth checking out. Your poetry from the uh, the marvellous Birmingham. Indeed. Uh, do you know, I was thinking about this. We haven't worked with an awful lot of Birmingham bands. Uh, Youth Man, Johnny Foreigner. I'm not sure there are many more than that, which is a, which is a shame. Cause... I mean, that's, that's, that's a good start, though. Yeah, I mean, two great Birmingham bands, to be fair. But, yeah. but being from Coventry, you know, I, I sort of feel like... Uh, like we should have dipped into the Midlands pot a little bit more. There's a, there's a rich pot of, of talent there. Um, I mean, Youth Man, oh, uh, I think it was the EP you put out. Five five songs, was five it? Five songs, yeah. Love that EP. Oh, Brilliant. so good. And such a good, like, interesting sort of, and such a nice band as well. Uh, yeah. But anyway, this is not all about Youth Man, although perhaps it should be. Yeah, Youth Man special, that'd be nice. But yeah, so I've run Alcapot for the last sort of 12, 14 years and... Um, slightly more um and yeah basically we're an indie label full of passion and heart um who have yeah put out many good bands done such things as buying the ukip website when uh, nigel farage let the domain expire that was pretty fun uh <laughs> put a compilation out on a bicycle which was cool and yeah stuff like that so yeah come and check out our uh, our socials and stuff there will definitely be hits for you set up a little playlist actually the other day called this is alcopop on spotify just because I was kind of like, I just want to listen to all the stuff we've put out all at once. <laughs> because I do that kind of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's up there. So if anyone wants to have a listen, it's kind of, I'd say it's broadly indie pop and sort of like alternative stuff. But there's, you know, there's some grunge in there. There's some chip tune in there. Um, you know, sort of nice acoustic sort of slow stuff. We put, yeah, three singles out in the last couple of weeks by uh, very different bands. We've got the kind of cacophonous post-punk of frauds that came out yesterday. We've got the sort of, fuzz laden kind of uh slacker pop of beach riot and then the angular kind of wonk of home counties so uh 
there's a lot to explore to be honest a lot to explore i like wonk that's <clears> yeah good, it's a good descriptive word that isn't it yeah we we sort of thought that home counties could bring wonk pop for the many not wonk the few pop. um yeah wonk pop and and if you listen to home counties you'll be like yeah that is wonk pop and it's i didn't even think of wonk pop as a term until i saw someone describe it uh them as it them as it and i was like yeah but wonk pop is exactly what it is so uh so yeah <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, we do a lot of different stuff, but uh, yeah, as I say, probably best just have a listen. We're very friendly. It's kind of like you know, it's a friendly community of nice people who enjoy shows and drinking hooch. So uh, if if that's you, you're more than welcome. Absolutely. You mentioned the, the sort of creative things you've done, and it seems to be a sort of key part of your of your ethos and your label. What what was the reaction like when you did that Nigel Farage <laughs> stunt? <laughs> that was one of the most bizarre days of my life. It was kind of like. I remember the tweet going up saying, oh, the UKIP domain's expired if anyone's got a spare couple of hundred quid. And I was like, well, I don't, but, you know, Alcopop does, so I'll buy it. And uh, posted the tweet just going like, I think I've just bought the UKIP website and it went berserk. We kind of had political journalists from, you know, proper newspapers (laughs) calling me, sort of, you know, emailing, going, can we have your number? All these news desks calling. It's like, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with the website? I was like, I don't know, man. Like, let's have a think. And it was quite overwhelming. And then we had all these lawyers sort of getting in touch. It was kind of the journalists were the first wave. Then we had the lawyers who were kind of like, look, you are going to get sued for this. No question. But we will represent you for free. That's OK. You know, we think what you've done is amazing. We'll help battle UKIP with you. And it's just like, this is great. This is really positive. Then the next wave was the charities who were all sort of getting in touch. Going, can we have the UKIP website? We can do some amazing things with it. And I was like, right, I'm definitely not going to sell it back to UKIP, whatever they offer, because that would be a, a, a terrible climb down. You know, it would be rubbish. And like, I think we've got something here. So I thought that what we'd probably do was start off just putting kind of rotating unicorns of different <laughs> colours, kind of pirouetting on the UKIP website. <laughs> and I sort of had a few DMs and we were sort of angling to give it to Migrants Rights Network, who I thought would be a, a an excellent um, uh, beneficiary of the UKIP website. But... As it turned out, we lost it by the end of the day. GoDaddy had taken it back. And it turned out a couple of years later, uh, someone got in touch and said they were kind of a white hat hacker and basically had been through and kind of uncovered this glitch in the GoDaddy system where they could essentially put any uh, site up for sale. So as a sort of white hat hacker, they did that with the UKIP one to showcase it could be done which, of course, then put the UKIP website on sale. We bought it, and uh, but GoDaddy, we were able to get it back because it was a hacker-based issue rather than actually letting the domain lapse. So, yeah, it was one hell of a day, though, um, and we followed that up by <laughs> by putting out a uh, completely blank seven-inch called The Wit and Wisdom of Nigel Farage, which was fun, um, <laughs> with complete blanks on the A-side, and, and then we had uh, Enter Shikari doing a B-side, which was essentially, <laughs> essentially what they portrayed as the inside of Nigel Farage's mind, which was just kind of tumbleweed sounds and the sound of seagulls kind of swooping in. And uh, yeah, it was basically that. God, I hope you don't have any UKIP fans listening to this, uh, Pete, because they will not like me from the off. I seriously doubt it. <laughs> I mean, uh, did you, you should have called it White Noise, surely. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah, that should have been the B-side name. God, if only you were a creative consultant for Alcopop back in those days. Never mind. I'm, I'm all about the retrospective ideas. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> retrospective ideas are wonderful. Fantastic. Have you got any any more plans to do sort of big creative things like that? Any more sort of? Oh yeah. I don't I'm... want to call them stunts because that's that's sort of I don't know it it lessens it a bit I think. But um... yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. Although you know, stunts is is fairly fair. Um, yeah, we've got a few little bits in the pipeline that we're thinking of at the moment. 
but I can't really tell you. No, um, no, no. That's, so, that's uh, yeah, yeah. They, you know, it, it's a kind of constant evolution of sort of, um, you know, I'm quite lucky in that. <laughs> this this sounds patronising. Is it quite lucky because me and my wife really get on, and we have a lovely time sort of sitting about <laughs> in the evening most days, just kind of not most days getting drunk, but occasionally just kind of getting drunk and just coming up with ideas. She's she's a very creative person, and also very sort of will tell me when she uh, come up with an idea that she thinks is rubbish. So we have a sort of like, she's like, that's rubbish. And then we'll kind of talk about it and kind of go, ah, oh, yeah, but we could do that and kind of put that together. And then it's just sort of by the next morning, we're like, right, let's go. Let's go. This is it. This is the one. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's good. And then we have a nice creative team at the label who are, uh, <laughs> who are able to put up with our silly ideas and kind of take them off and kind of make them happen. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a nice situation to be in. And I do feel quite lucky that, uh, that people just don't go, shut up, Jack. <laughs> although, although they do a lot, to be fair. Do you get to listen to much music for pleasure outside of your own label? It's an interesting thing you say, actually, because in sort of uh, researching a little for this podcast, I was looking at my top uh, 10 played artists on Spotify, and I think nine of them are alcoholics. I was <laughs> like, oh, man, is that bad? But then I suppose in some ways that's good, right? Because I kind of... I kind of put music out that i really love so it's like i want to listen to it is uh is nice but yes i i do i bought a, a new record player in lockdown like a really nice yeah really nice sort of project off shoot turntable uh with some bluetooth speakers and i know sound nerds will, will look down at me for having bluetooth speakers but they are really really good bluetooth speakers and it means that you know we can our house is very sort of uh, you know right next to our neighbor's and yeah, if we put music on loud, you know, it, it can wake them up. And, and also they're just having a well, having a baby in a couple of weeks. So I kind of thought, you know, let's let's sort of mix it up. But yeah, so I've got a decent record collection. I do love just sticking on a vinyl and kind of enjoying it. Let's go back to when Jack was a wee boy. Ah, I'd like I'd like to talk about you when you were a little boy, if that's OK. okay. <laughs> well, you're in, you're a, you grew up in the 90s, right? A bit like me, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just I was just I'm always curious about what sort of music was happening in uh, your household when you were growing up and what was what was the sort of um, ignition that got you into into listening to music and thinking yeah I'm passionate about this. Yeah. <laughs> I had a slightly weird one in that um I remember growing up was very much about like my folks always had CDs on in the car and and that kind of thing and and they were I was of a generation where when I was growing up, it was pretty much all CDs. I remember my dad playing a lot of the Beatles, a lot of Leonard Cohen, uh, a lot of Roy Harper, that kind of stuff that sort of, um, you know, got me into and the Eagles. Oh, yeah. And used to listen to a lot of the Eagles. Uh, but Leonard Cohen, I think, was the absolute staple of the household. So that was kind of like, you know, never a journey to my nans would go without at least an Eagles or a Leonard Cohen CD at some point. Uh, we had uh, we had one of those CD changes in the car boot. So uh, that was quite Ooh. something. I know, right? Really gunning. That was uh, that was top draw stuff in Coventry at the time. And then I started listening to ABBA, and God knows why. I I just got into ABBA and started buying lots of ABBA tapes. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I really don't know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, started getting into ABBA, and I bought ABBA the album, ABBA Gold, ABBA Live, ABBA something else, Arrival maybe. And I was in Woolworths for the ten pound gift voucher for Christmas, and my mum was like. Why are you buying ABBA all the time? Why didn't you? She was obviously worrying about me. Why don't you buy something new? And I was like, oh, yeah, OK, I will buy something new. And the only song I'd heard uh, was it a, a, the son of a friend of my parents. And he had played me No Limits by Two Unlimited. Uh, he oh, had the yeah. seven inch of it. And he would played it to me. And I hated it. I remember hating it at the time, thinking like, 
this is dreadful. It's just noise. It's not ABBA. <laughs> but it was kind of the only name I recognised. So I bought a Too Unlimited album in the way you do, I guess, as a kid and also probably as an adult. Listen to it enough to become totally obsessed with Too Unlimited. And thus began my kind of 90s techno stage <laughs> where I kind of got into the real McCoy. Like very, you know, not cool. Not like um, underground or, or sort of culturally relevant. Just very chart euro pop kind of techno stuff i remember spending 18 pounds on an import version of uh the real mccoy's big album another night i think it was called um and just sort of that kind of stuff which was very weird then i think i was kind of sucked into the whole blur versus oasis chart battle and you know say what you like about blur oasis and i can say almost nothing but positive things that chart battle did a lot and, and do you know, actually, I've not really thought about this before. I've just kind of thought, you know, because when I got into my indie music, when I was sort of at sick form and all of that kind of stuff, that's when I really, you know, exploded into it. And I was kind of watching loads of gigs, learning the guitar. Used to get a little magazine called Foggy Notion, which was essentially a, a catalogue of, of all these different seven inches and 12 inches back in the day before buying on the Internet was really a thing. So <laughs> bizarrely, the people I'm in, in this WhatsApp group I told you about, um, it was me, Liam and Dave who would sort of sit pouring around this Foggy Notion magazine being like, yeah, we'll get that, get that seven inch, get that. And it was a really bizarre mail order catalogue. It was it was wonderfully done. But I got the feeling it was kind of like a very small team of music geeks because you never knew how long your package of vinyl was going to take. You never knew what's going to be out of stock. It was kind of like you just we'd, we'd pull our uh, we'd pull our orders. And then I'd get my mum, you know, everybody would bring their cash in. Then I'd get my mum to write the cheque for the uh, for the stuff we were doing, give her the cash, send off the order. And it could be a week later. It could be literally three months later. All this stuff would arrive, minus some of the bits you, you wanted but weren't available. And uh, and that was that was really fun. But anyway, what I was saying about Blur and Oasis, I think that properly awoke my passion for kind of like, you know, indie music, guitar bands, stuff like that. Yeah, which, as I say, I've never really thought about. I can remember sort of as a kid, it's the first time I'd ever listened to the charts sort of uh, in, in the back garden with it on like a little portable radio, cleaning my bike um, and just like listening. Like, is it going to be Blur Oasis? I was all super excited. And uh, Blur won. And I was kind of I was cock a hoop about that. I'm sure Damon Albert still uh, still looks back fondly and is like, I'm glad we cheered Jack up that day. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think that kind of exploded into it. And then, you know, then I started getting into bands like Idlewild and llama farmers and you know bands like that crockets things like that that really kind of escalated me into that sort of indie scene and from there i think there was a kind of mixture of the music the live shows the sort of collectible stuff the fact there were lots of record shops you know we used to hit all the record fairs there were a couple of really good secondhand record shops in coventry that we used to kind of spend hours in and from there on it just kind of spiraled i think um do you remember the first gig you went to i, I do yeah it was blur um, at the NEC, nice. actually. Back in, I want to say 93, 93, 94, something like that. So I was only a kid, maybe mm. 11, 12. Um, and I went to see them around sort of Great Escape time. So it is quite nice, actually, that it sort of feeds back into what you were saying about when did you first really start to get into music? It was, again, that kind of Blur thing of kind of like siding with Blur in the Blur Oasis singles clash and then going to see them. And I remember it was the Great Escape tour because... I remember the programs being incredibly expensive. Uh, they looked very nice with the shark on and just being absolutely blown away. Um, and they finished with the Universal and Damon did the whole sort of like put his arms out and fell over, fell backwards, you know, gracefully at the end. And it was just like, wow, this is incredible. And, you know, sort of 
leaving that gig and just being sort of like, I've seen something, you know, I've really mm. seen something. I remember going home and being like, Dad, it was great. And he was like, what were the band like? Was it just about the singer? And I was like, yeah, I think it was just about the singer, which in hindsight, I feel terrible for, you know, I love Graham Coxon. Yeah. Uh, like, and Blow were a great band, but but just something really connected with me with with Damon, and it was kind of like Damon, as if me and him are best pals. You know, ah, ah me and Damon are connecting all the time. No, um, it was just something about that show that made me kind of like, yeah, I want to come to more of this. I want to do more of this. And it was sort of, I remember leaving the arena and just being, yeah, mesmerised by it, super excited about the whole sort of potential of what it was all about. Did you um did you follow Damon um Damon's career after Blur? Did you get into his other projects, Gorillas yeah, and less Good About so. McQueen, that sort of stuff? Yeah, less so. I mean, I think I sort of I really love Blur right up until the end. I I wasn't that fussed with the last album they did, which had the sort of ice cream on. I can't remember what it's called now. But before that, very much into it. He did the Malawian stuff, didn't he? Which yeah. was interesting. And then Gorillas, obviously, like Gorillas got a couple of bangers, haven't they? You can't kind of deny that. Uh, Clint Eastwood was that yeah. it? like when that dropped it was like oh wow this is this is big so I sort of I wouldn't call myself a massive Gorillaz fan but I certainly kind of like what they're doing yeah it's been a while um since we've been able to go and see any live music but do you remember the last gig you went to yeah again I do it was Helen Love who uh an alcopop artist she is essentially the queen of Swansea punk sort of used to hang out with the Ramones a lot and basically does divisive love it or hate it day glow glitter bomb dance floor punk pop if that sounds great to you you'll probably love it if that sounds terrible to you you'll definitely hate it uh, <laughs> so it's kind of like lots of synths and beats and and kind of little kind of vocal riffs and sort of ramones references and stuff and i went to see helen love because it was a weird one she played at the lexington and she was obviously went down and uh we just put a recent album out and she was kind of messaging me from the train going like I don't know if this is going to happen. It was on the day. We didn't know whether it was going to happen. Mm. It was right next to COVID. I remember seeing a couple of friends there and sort of going to hug them. And it's sort of, sort of like, I'm not sure we're allowed to do that. So we did that arm thing. And it was mm. kind of like, it was right on the cusp of COVID. It was a Sunday night at the Lexington. So I think in my COVID timeline, I was going to see it as Cheltenham happened Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, mm. Thursday, Friday, right? And everyone was a bit like, you should Cheltenham go ahead. That Sunday, I went to see Helen Love. Then on Monday, it was the kind of like everybody worked from home. And then on Friday, it was proper lockdown. So it was pretty much the last one of the last gigs before lockdown, I think. So we, we had a few tours yeah. of bands going out then. So we had Art Brute out with the Subways tour, which, you know, did about five dates and then shut. We had Beach Riot out with Gaffer Tape Sandy, very much the same. Halfway through the tour, it was kind of like, yeah, you definitely can't play tonight. So it was it was weird. And you kind of it feels quite without meaning to bang on about COVID because everybody's heard everything, you know, for the last year. But it was quite odd that we had this sort of day by day. It was like, don't know if this is going to happen, which was really weird, especially for sort of Art Brute, like their singer and their drummer live over in Germany. So it was kind of also, you know, the, the, the kind of threat of lockdown. It's like, can they risk being in the country? Do they need to get home? It was, yeah, it's a very weird time. Unprecedented, some might say. Yeah, um, it's been but, said. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I remember that gig very warmly, and it was sort of like you know going home from that feeling that it was a bit weird, you know, not hugging, kind of sort of. And I, and I sort of came home thinking, well, this will go on for a few weeks. It's really frustrating that these tours have cancelled, but you know they've been rebooked. We rebooked it straight away for September, and then September was cancelled, and then the next one was cancelled. It, yeah. it, it, it had nauseam. But yeah, so uh, so yeah, I think I was lucky to get a gig in right at the end. 
Excellent. Well, the final question in this little section is sometimes this is easy for people to answer, sometimes very difficult. But what is the best gig you've ever been to? I've got several. You can have some honourable mentions. That's fine. Yeah, a few of which I might bring up in the uh, in the chat about the festival, actually. But okay. um, I would say somewhere between I went to see Leonard Cohen in Manchester with my parents probably about probably about 10, 8, 10 years ago. And he played for three hours with an incredible band in what was one of the most impressive sets I've ever seen. You know, in his 70s, 80s at the time, singing for three hours, the brilliant wit, the brilliant sort of conversation. It was just mind blowing. I I think it's that kind of thing where I try not to be too blown away by celebrity or or kind of fame and stuff like that. I'm always sort of fit. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, they're in a great band, but they're human. and, And, you know, I feel quite measured with that. Usually watching Leonard Cohen, I was just like this, this, this man is kind of like, obviously not immortal because he died. But like this, this is truly a phenomenal talent. Somebody who is at the top of their game, who is kind of like, you know, there are people of this age who are kind of like, you know, pottering around the garden and visit to the shops is a big, is a big, you know, sort of step for them. And here he is playing like a, this monster sold out UK tour making these brilliant... I, I just I couldn't believe how good he was. And I was kind of captivated from beginning to end. It sort of helped that I knew a lot of the songs, but it was just... It was mind-blowing. Another band I went to see who were absolutely incredible were uh, Mew, the Danish band, who I went to see perform Frengers all the way through, and that was superb. Jack, it is now time for us to put together your Dream Festival lineup. Now, I've arranged everything... Got all the stage, lighting, food trucks, done everything except forgot to book the bands. Oh, Pete. Well, don't worry. Book them and they will come. I bet everyone makes that joke. Book them and they will come, Pete. Uh, yeah, um, I, sign, I sign off the podcast with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Edit, Sorry. Edit. Yeah, I've had it. Now, I'd like you to, uh, to fill in some slots for me. Uh, and to help you do this, we have... The use of a handy dandy time machine so you can go to anywhere in musical history you wouldn't go to the future i guess because you don't know what's gonna what's gonna be there when you get there but you can go into the past you could busted reference right go to the year 3000 maybe but it'll be underwater so it doesn't really matter (laughs) but you could you know you could go back to, to to germany and go and pinch beethoven or something like that if you really wanted to completely up to you um, but one thing I hadn't mentioned is that you get to pick the form of your time machine. So you can choose how you're going to travel through time and pick up your artists. Mm. How would you like to travel? I'd like to travel in a Capri, please. A um, Capri? Yeah. Uh, it's the char- the car I remember most from my youth. We had many of them. Um, and I thought the Capri, age like six or seven, was about the coolest thing in the world. So if I could have a silver Capri, um, silver Capri. that would be great. And imagine rocking up in like i don't know 16th century munich and sort of being like yeah guys <laughs> check me out it'd be like yeah good and yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so in, silver capri i'm in an italian car but never mind hop in <laughs> get in there boys yeah i'll be traveling my silver capri and also i think some of the some of the more sort of indie artists that i've got would appreciate that yeah lovely okay silver capri it is now the day before the festival opens uh, there's some bars and stuff uh, so the party's going to start a little bit early so you can have a little revel with your guests and and talk about all the things that are going to come up the next day uh, so it's a bit of a late night um, but the next morning the festival is going to start and there's some music to wake up to in fact they're right outside of your tent so who is your wake-up call 
Well, first of all, Pete, I'm going to say that actually, you know, we're, we're, we're recording this, you know, let's, let's break the fourth wall from Mo. We're recording this podcast in the morning. I actually had a very late night drinking last night purely to prepare for this segment so that when <laughs> we got into this, I'm really feeling it. I'm, I'm actually waking up at my festival, right? So for me, this is kind of like full on. I'm, I'm, I'm on the go. Now, you're going actually, method, right? Yeah, exactly. So I've got two possible bands for this. Um, and the reason I put two is, and I must admit, I've, I've scattered and sprinkled a couple of Alcopop bands in this lineup. So I hope that's okay. That's, that's um, completely up to you. Yes. Yeah, just because, as I say, you know, these these guys mean a lot to me. I'm not picking favourites, but just for the moment. So I'm a firm believer that when you wake up at a festival, if you go and see a band, you need to be sonically assaulted, right? So it's kind of like <laughs> you need to you need to go and see that band, and you need to be like, Boof, right, it is happening, and it is smashing. It's kind so you of want like, a rude awakening. You want a bucket of water over the face, or a bucket of <laughs> a bucket of audio poured over yeah, your face. Exactly, a bucket of audio that I can. You know when you wake up, the very worst thing about waking up at a festival, when you wake up and you're hungover and it's blazing hot and you go to grab a bottle of water and you're like, you're, you are throwing that water down your throat. You are kind of like, it can go on your face, all over you. It's kind of like you just need water so bad. And then it's a bottle of vodka by mistake. And you're kind of like, ah, no, <laughs> this is the worst way to start. And then you're like, right, OK, let's just get up and go. I've ruined everything. I, I feel like I'm in a, a world of pain. I'm, I'm on, I'm on. So we've had our after party and I've got two. And I'm, I'm going to say that I haven't traveled that far and wide uh, for, for these two. So it is either her parents who were a punk band that we signed um, several years ago. And the reason I've gone for her parents is because not only are they a kind of a proper like punch in the face, punk rock, super fun at the same time, you know, they sing really bizarre songs about they've got one about Alex Ferguson, which is just basically telling Alex Ferguson to F off, which which is such a good song. Um, and, and they're super fun. And you go and see them and you'd feel a bit hungover and they would just hit you with these kind of one and a half minute punk songs. It's got uh, Callum from Dan and Aykroyd, Will from Stairs to Career, Chris from Internet Forever. And actually, my brother was in the band as well. So a little yeah. bit of nepotism. But they were fantastic. And I remember we had them opening our uh, stage at Truck Festival. And they played at kind of like, I think they played like quarter to 12 on a Sunday. And I was like, sorry, Sean, I'm not sure about this one. Like, let's give it a go. And they started playing. And it was, you know, the tent was reasonably busy. And it was just this stream of people. As soon as they started playing, you know, this big sort of loud punk stuff. And they just descended and it was packed. And I think, you know, people like that. Like I say, it's that kind of, you know, do not go gently into this great festival. Really go for it. So her parents are, are right up there for me. And the other one that I thought, which is, again, I think would appreciate my Capri, would be Yard Act, who are a band from up the north who have formed recently, who have released the best single of this year for me. And I just think Yard Act would be great. They're, again, slightly angular, kind of in your face, like, you know, live. They're very good in terms of, um, you know, sort of bring a lot to the party. So, yeah, Yard Act would be another one. Um, they've got a song called Fixer Upper. And as I say, again, Patreon content for your for your for your hardcore. Like if you've not listened to Fixer Upper, it is the best single of the year for me. And it's just it's just so immediate and, and it's funny and it's witty and it's kind of funny and witty. Um and acerbic <laughs> and like just punky. And they're brilliant. So I think if you get someone like that who's a kind of, you know, broadly likable, witty, sardonic punks who play you know, stuff that you can kind of, you know, nod along to really enjoy, whether you're seeing them for the first time or the 15th. I think that's a good way to start the festival. So 
It's going to yeah. blow you blow your sleeping bag off. Exactly. So, I, <laughs> actually, how many um, how many uh, stages have we got, Pete? Can I can I have them both on? Well, they're just outside your tent, basically. So <laughs> maybe one could uh, come and play, and then and then one could play fixer upper, and then and then you're up and out and out, out of your sleeping bag. Exactly, and fixer upper would be the song that uh, that would get me up. So uh, I suppose yeah. I suppose one would blow your sleeping bag off, and then the other one would blow the tent out. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. so you would just stood there in your pants or something. Other way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's, it's, that's not helping anybody's festival. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we will have Yarnak play fixer upper, and then her parents playing Lithuanian Mercedes, which is brilliant. I mean, I, I feel a bit bad booking them to come and play outside my tent for, for, for a minute and a half, and then they have to go. I mean, they've reformed the band for this. But yeah, yeah, no, that's you know. fine. It's 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 completely up to you. It's your it's your it's your festival, Jack. Don't worry about it. Oh, well, you've managed to wipe the sleep from your eyes. You've put some clothes on because you stood there naked in front of all your revelers. Uh, you've dropped a couple of painkillers. You've wiped the excess vodka that you've just accidentally poured down your throat off your face, uh, and you've had yourself a hearty breakfast. Um, the festival is really about to start. So, who is setting the tone, putting out your festival vibes? Who is opening the show? Right. Okay. Now, I I feel a bit bad about putting her as an opener because i think she'd headline pretty much any festival in the world but this is a fantasy festival right so yeah so that's fine now there was a big thing where you sort of talked about having a hearty breakfast but yeah, yeah you see that's a little bit of a problem for me now if i'm super okay. hungover i probably want something a bit gentler so you know at 2000 trees i'd probably go for like a vegan sausage bap you know something you know which is kind of nice right but for this fantasy festival i've had a hearty breakfast so what i want is now i've been woken up aggressively i now want something that is gentle, something that is going to relax me, something that I think would be a brilliant festival set. So <laughs> I, could, I can only imagine putting in the call to her agent to say, would she mind opening this festival? Uh, but I'm going to go Lana Del Rey. And nice. she is going to come and play, you know, lots of stuff from Norman fucking Rockwell because it's an album my wife has on a lot. And she's like, she loves Lana Del Rey. And I was sort of a bit like, meh. And I'm super into it now. And I think that record is is really great. So, as I say, I feel a little bit bad about getting her to open. But, you know, we'll pay her a fee, like a, a, a really good fee. Maybe a headliner fee. Um, yeah. Well, she gets to ride in a Capri. So that's surely that's enough. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I, and I'm aware this is a fairly contemporary festival. So maybe I should get, like, Beethoven on accompaniment. Because that would be nice, right? Him playing some Ooh. of the piano, like... Like, yeah. you know, why not? That's a bit of a sort of uh, a bolt from the blue. But if I'm picking people up from across space and time, why not? Let's get him to come and play a few sort of little, you know, key bits and, and kind of, yeah, I think that would be nice. And, and one of those sets that, you know, they'd probably fall out afterwards and never play together again. So you could kind of say, I was there, you know, I was <laughs> yeah. there when Lana and Beethoven, Ludwig, <laughs> Lana and Ludwig, as they'd be called. Um, Lana and Ludwig, yeah, like it. Double yeah. L's, yeah played that set together and it was amazing and like i i think she'd get annoyed because he'd go off and do some sort of like you know big kind of movement it would be like it would really detract from what lana was doing so yeah yeah she'd be she'd be shouting over to him to stop and he wouldn't be able to hear her so (laughs) stop it um (laughs) but on the plus side i think when it gelled it would really gel and it would be some magic magic moments and it would be you know everybody has those festival moments right where you kind of go god that was that was incredible. I can't and believe I just saw that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And sort of like, you know, 10 years on, on this podcast, you'll be saying it and it'll be like, yeah, I was there. I was there when Ludwig and Lana played and it was beautiful <laughs> and it never happened again. So, yeah, yeah that, that that is who is opening the festival. Um, yeah. 
Wow. That's, that's brilliant. I love that's that. That's worth the ticket price alone, isn't it? Absolutely. So security have separated Lana and Ludwig because they're <laughs> at each other's throats and they've escorted them off the stage. And uh, and, and talking of, of, you know, where were you moments, it's time for the secret guest. So suddenly some flyers appear. Uh, they're going to circulate through the crowd with a promise of a previously unannounced guest set. Who are you going to wow your guests with? This was, this was tricky for me because it's kind of like, you know, I was like, look, Pete, I know you haven't booked the bands, but if I'm booking the bands and then suddenly a secret guest turns up, I can only imagine you've booked them. Um, so I was going to ask <laughs> you. but and, and actually, I will flip that question around because I, I do have someone. But I mean, actually, mine is Slater Kinney, who I was talking about earlier, just because, you know, I was saying they're, they're the band I desperately want to see. And again, it's that kind of it's that band. I, I think possibly because they're from the States and, and don't tour over here that often that I kind of forget might be on a festival. And they want to, you know, I'll read down a festival lineup and they will fill my heart with joy. And it's kind of like, I just, I just love them. I think they're brilliant. And it's, it's that sort of, yeah, if they're on a, a bill or they were sort of announced as a secret guest, it's one of those bands that I would look at it and just be, yeah, that's fantastic. But assuming I've booked them, you know, I, I see that you, Pete, you're a bit sneaky behind this festival. Yeah. You've booked the stages. Yeah. You've booked the food. Very good food. It is too. Um, but I think you've probably booked a band as well. So I'm going to ask you the secret band you've booked is. Um, and I'm going to say, you know, I know you can pick anyone from space and time, but the Capri is broken down and it's broken down in Birmingham. So who is the very best Birmingham band around? And, and I'm going to say at the moment, and, and if you can't answer this because you don't want to have favourites, I totally get it. And that way you can go back to kind of like history. But if you could have a, a contemporary Birmingham band to come in and play the secret set, because you've put so much effort into this festival, I feel like you should you should have at least some of the booking. Yeah, but I'm totally incompetent, Jack, when it comes to booking <laughs> bands. That's that's part of the problem. No one's ever asked me this before, actually. Um, contemporary. Oh, I mean, there's so many good bands. I, I absolutely love Chartreuse. are a fantastic band. Um, anyone who hasn't listened to Chartreuse who likes sort of that melodic um lo-fi um melancholic indie kind of boniver-esque stuff needs to listen to chartreuse got i was look, looking at one of their videos they did it in a, a cathedral and it had something like 500 views on it i was like how has this only got 500 views it's absolutely beautiful and people need to pay attention to them so that, yeah. that would be that would be my guess although i mean i think i'd want someone um a bit more uplifting even though the songs are kind of uplifting, but not sonically uplifting, if you know what I mean. So, I mean, I'd probably get 70s Sabbath out there as a secret guest. I mean, you can't argue with that, can you? Like, I think everyone um, to lose their minds over that. That's yeah. what you want, I think. Secret Sabbath at yeah. Seekonfest. I mean, that'd be great. And like, yeah, Shard, oh God. So you know, imagine that flyer. People have turned up. They've already seen Lana and Ludwig, right? They've already yeah. had their minds been blown. You know, Yard Act have turned up just to play Fixer Upper outside a tent. Like it's already a brilliant festival, and suddenly they get this flyer, and it's yeah, Chartreuse is playing great, Slater Kinney are playing great, Seventy Sabbath are playing. Sure, why not? I mean, that's a great flyer. Imagine getting that. You're just like, <laughs> absolutely. Where do I go? Where do I go? Follow, yeah. the, follow yeah. the map. <laughs> oh man, I mean, we could have them on some sort of special three way stage where they're all plugged in, and we're in the middle. And it's kind of like Slate Kinney to a song and Sabbath to a song. Yeah, it's 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 working out beautifully. Perfect. Well, that uh, I think is going to whip up <laughs> a bit of an appetite. 
So it's time to go and get something to eat. Now, I know you had a little bit of a, uh, a breakfast already and you've, you've sort of feasted on Lana Del Rey somewhat. Um, but it's time to get something to, to keep you going throughout the rest of the day. So what's your ideal festival grub? You've mentioned a vegan sausage, perhaps. Yeah, I, I do like a vegan. And, and I'm not vegan, but I do like a, a, a good vegan treat. And it, so it always feels a little easier on a, on a, on a festival sort of. Yeah. But by now, I'm powering through, right? I've had a couple of beers and I'm ready for the rest of the day. So I was actually, I was talking to my wife about all of these questions, sort of very kind of, uh, very in-depth. And she reminded me of this wonderful time at 2000 Trees where... <laughs> she was certainly very drunk and we were both very drunk and we had perhaps the greatest festival dinner ever which was pie minister uh do you know pie minister the bristol pie shop i thought it was pie minster was, am, uh, I, am i wrong about that Is I, it... I i it might be part i've always called it pie minister because i thought it was a uh a pun on, pun prime, on minister. prime minister yeah i, pro- I suppose yeah. it probably is i don't know prime minister, prime is, minister. It, is it near a cathedral <laughs> i thought it was minster maybe i don't yeah. know um <laughs> I, I'm oh God, imagine if I've got that wrong all my life. That would be embarrassing. But I've probably got it wrong, Jack. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm going to call it Prime Minister. And it was just incredible. And we had this like, I can't remember exactly what the pie was, but it comes with big load of mash. And it's a, it's a perfect festival staple, you know, big, a full pie as well. Not one of your nonsense pies with the kind of just the top. It's a full crust pie, yeah, you know, yeah, a proper yeah. one. I'm with um, you there. And they do they do a good range. So their steak pies are excellent. The chicken pies, I think I'll go for that one. I think they do like a chicken and chorizo. Absolutely next level stuff. I think they do vegan pies as well. So, you know, we're, we're all good. We're all happy. And anyway, we had this pie. And 10 minutes later, she was like, I'm so hungry. Why won't you let me eat? <laughs> I was like, what? We just had a pie minister. And she was like, no, I need more food. I haven't eaten anything. And so we had to go and buy a very expensive squid from a stall and then she ate that and then demanded another dinner and then promptly passed out so uh and, and she told me to bring this up so i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna go pie minister or pie minister and i'm gonna have a magnificent <laughs> pie with mash gravy and i will what i'll do actually i'm this is complicated i'm gonna have a triple drink with it if that's okay i'm gonna have some water to hydrate myself yep. i'm gonna have a can of coke diet coke to give me some energy because i always yep. think that's kind of useful at a festival and then once I've had those and feeling quite good, I'm going to have a beer on top of that. Any any particular like kind of beer that you like? Any brands that you like? Yes, I'm going to go to Signature Brew and I'm going to have a Signature Brew Roadie, which is, you know, they do some excellent sours, which I really like. I'm not a big beer, you know, nerd or anything, but like I like a good sour. But Signature Brew Roadie is kind of the classic, like nice, like easy drink, like really tasty, lagery type beer that is craft enough to be a little bit of a kick but is, you know, lagery enough, because I don't like anything too heavy, lagery yeah. enough to just sort of get you going. Nice 330 mil can. I'll have a couple of those. I'm, I'm feeling on cloud nine, to be honest. I am, uh, I'm really smashing this, Pete, and I'm having a lovely time. Lovely stuff. Well, while you're tucking into your pie and mash, a stage is being set up, and someone is about to come and do an acoustic set for you. Now, you've mentioned Leonard Cohen already, so I know you're not adverse to a bit of acoustic music now and again. Um, so there could be an acoustic artist doing an acoustic set, or there could be, flip it around, a non-acoustic artist doing an acoustic set for you. But they're going to serenade you while you eat. Who is it? Well, I, t- I toyed with the idea of sort of just being a bit of an arse and getting Slipknot to do it, because I thought it would be yeah. quite funny to, to demand them to do a sort of, you know, full wait and bleed, all nine of them, kind of playing little timpanies and things, um, <laughs> which, which was a nice... Uh... I love that idea, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice idea in my head. And it would be all the classics as well, you know. Maybe I'd, I'd probably get them to play Wait and Bleed twice as well. Just just absolutely like... 
<laughs> duality. We've already played duality. Play it again. But I, I, I kind of came back away from that idea because, like, I don't know. I, I think they'd be annoyed. And I really like Corey Taylor. So I think I'll go for Clean Cut Kid, who are lovely and do a great set. Um, they play with kind of very sort of vintage gear and mm. have sort of developed this really beautiful set where they can kind of, you know, just play and it can be really quiet. And it's sort of like, rather than just shredding everything in fuzz, and don't get me wrong, I love to swamp everything in fuzz, but uh, they do this kind of nice vintage set. It's got beautiful, well, they've both got beautiful voices. So I think Clean Cut could be good. Or potentially Murray from the Excerpts. Now, I love the Excerpts anyway. I think they're a great band. And I've seen Murray... I've wept to Murray on several occasions watching him play play solo live stuff because he's got such a beautiful voice. I really like a sort of dialect in a in a in a lyric. Um, and Murray's got this lovely Scottish twang, and they've got a song called Aberdeen 1987. And I've seen Murray play that solo a couple of times, and it is, I think it's never failed to bring a tear to my eye because I'm just an old emo. <laughs> and it is it is so beautiful, and having him play that while I sob into my pie halfway through the festival, loving life, feeling like everything is wonderful, I think would be a really positive thing for me. So, like, yeah, I mean, I, I've given you three, so apologies for that. Um, but fine. I think I think probably Murray from the excerpts just gets the nod. Murray from the excerpts, lovely. Well, he's going to help you demolish your pie and your mash. Yeah, you're ready for the rest of the day now. We are all right to uh, to write it into his contract that he is going to play Aberdeen 1987, right? Because Aberdeen, if he, yeah. If he doesn't, I, I just do you want do you want to do you want to do you want to cry into your pie mash though? I, I do, I really do. Yeah, I, <laughs> taste this, those tears, Jack. I know, right? At this <laughs> point, I'm feeling like I'm in a world of emotion. I've seen some brilliant acts. I'm really excited, but also I'm still feeling a bit fragile. But I'm also getting there. Oh God, I can't wait to go to a festival again. This <laughs> is so exciting. Um, so yeah, I'm going with I'm going with Murray and. Uh, and he can finish, no, not finish, he'll play Aberdeen 1987 second last. God, this is going to be an outrageous contract. He's going to be like, oh, come on. Um, and then he can finish with something fun, some kind of fun cover. Oh, they do a few covers. That's fine. But yeah, as long as he drops that in. Good stuff. Okay. Well, now it is time for us to show a little bit of love for your local music scene. Now, you're a Coventry boy, grew up in Coventry, right? Yep. But you now live in Twickenham, right? That's it. How long have you been in Twickenham for? I have been in Twickenham for four and a half years now. So, okay, so you've been so you've been around and you know maybe a few of the bands in the local scene, perhaps. And... Yeah, and I went via Oxford and uh, and um, uh, Bristol as well. So yeah, there's there's plenty of options to choose from. What I've done here, Pete, is picked one from Coventry, yeah, and one from Twickenham. So that's fine, absolutely, we can do that. Yeah, so actually, the one from Coventry are very actually they're both contemporary. I'm, I'm, I've got. I've given the time machine a little rest here, but um, the contemporary band from Coventry, who I'm really liking at the moment, who I think are great, are a band called Feet. I don't Love know if them. you've come. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you've come across. Yeah, you have come across them, and I think they are really, really strong. I uh, I saw them playing Truck. I was going to say last year, certainly not last year, two years ago, and I was massively impressed. I saw them in the enemy sort of hundred bands to watch, and I was naturally drawn to them because they were from Coventry and because they were called Feet. Um, Listen to <laughs> them. I thought they were really good. I don't know what their situation was at the time, but I sent them round the team at the label and everyone was like, nah, they're called Feet. That's terrible. Hate the music. And I was like, how are you hating this music? It's brilliant. Serious? Yeah. So uh, I oh, say, I love their sound. Yeah, I think they're fantastic. A really good live. There's not a lot not to like about Feet. They come across quite nice in interviews. I think they're sort of, 
they're they're an interesting band and we've got well actually before covid struck one of our bands was out going to go out on tour with feet um, which i was really excited about uh, a band called home counties and I, I they were the wonk pop ones i was talking about nice. uh, who i think would go excellently well with feet but yeah so i thought feet from coventry because it was an interesting scene growing up in coventry and there was never an awful lot of bands and believe me we we really did you know uh, careen that so i was at every show you know was in about 19 of the bands like it was kind of and everybody was sort of you know it, there were some good bands coming out of coventry when i was young but none that ever seemed to do an awful lot there was one band and i racked my brains for about half an hour to think of them a guy called raul 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 and he had like a gold tooth and they always used to hang around the coliseum in coventry and it was him maybe his brother and someone else and they were in like this three-piece that had like a buzz for a moment and they were really, really good. And for the life of me, I cannot remember the band name. So if anyone remembers that band name, that band that were doing the rounds of Coventry that had Raoul in, who I think was in a decent-ish band before that, and then he was in this three-piece. And they were called like the Super Fantastics or something like that. It had a quite an interesting name. But for the life of me, I can't remember. So I've had to default to Feet. But I think okay. that's a good thing because I think Feet are excellent. If anyone needs a starting point for Feet, go and check out their album, uh, What's Inside is More Than Just Ham, I believe it's yeah. called. Yeah. Excellent um, album. It is. It is. Is it Petty Thieving or something on that? Uh, that possibly. It's like Ad Blue is a great song on there. And yeah. It's, it's very sort of, uh, this, I know there's kind of a, a bit of a otherworldly sort of quality to them, I think. There's a song about space in there as well. And yeah. yeah Outer does. Rim, that was it. Yeah, Outer Rim. Yeah. That's the song I'm trying to think of. I like it. Yeah, I think, fabulous I think, band. I think they're great. And then the band from Twickenham, which is a little bit of a cheat because they're more sort of uh, seen as a London band, but... Basically, I mentioned the wonderful record shop, Eel Pie Records, um, in Twickenham, um, run by a couple of, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say they're older guys. They are definitely older guys. But you know when you're living that sort of rock and roll dream when you're kind of in your 50s or whatever, and you're like, I'm going to open a record shop. And they've actually gone and done it, which I think is brilliant. And Kevin, uh, one of the guys who runs it, his daughter is in a band called Goat Girl. So they are going to be my locals. I saw them the first time support The Fall and Tiger Cub at big venue in London that I can't remember, a forum maybe. Um, and I was kind of like, I was really excited by Goat Girl. I loved the name. I loved everything about them. And I saw them and I was like, I don't know. It was it was early afternoon, big stage, and it just didn't quite connect with me. I think maybe it was just sort of, there was a lot of bands to go. And I've seen them since a couple of times. I think they're really good. New album's excellent. So yeah, and, and they have kind of like a lot of local love around here. It's really sweet, actually. Whenever the album comes out, all the, uh, all the ill pie kind of, lot will kind of get super excited about it there'll be kind of goat girl posters in the window and then kevin and phil will be cycling goat girl records all around the town it's it's very lovely uh, but it's a it's a great record i think they're a good live band really good live band and goat girl would be a, a, a worthy addition to the festival i think wonderful okay feet and goat girl it is it's now time for the intimate sets jack we're gonna get a little bit intimate now so there's a tent that holds around about 30 people. It's a bit of a squeeze. But who do you want to see up close and personal? Okay, so what I'm going for here again is a lot like waking up at a festival. I want my intense shows to be really intense. Like intense, intense. Intense, intense, yeah. Yeah, so this is going to be super heavy. Like it's going to be sort of, you know, again, one of those moments you'll be like, what just happened <laughs> I, I hurt and, and, and now i've got out the tent all my muscles ache but wow that was like the best moment of my life so i've got a few to pick from la tigra after mentioning kathleen hannah i just think would be incredible to see never seen them i think the tigra would be fun uh idols 
they'd be fun, right? For a little yeah. intense set. Like they're very good, aren't they? You know, yeah. they are very good live. And I think they're great on a big stage, but, but stick them in a small stage. And I, they're one of those bands that, you know, took long enough coming up that I think they still relish the tiny stage. Mm. Um, would be good. But I tell you who I'm going to go for. Um, yeah. And this is going to be intense. This is going to be really intense. Imagine the lead singer uh, pogoing um, across the crowd. Um, and I'm going to go for At The Driving. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Cedric Bixler, like, smashing stuff up. It will just be monstrous. Imagine watching At The Driving. And I mean in their pomp. Like, I went to see them... Yeah. I went to see them play again, actually, and everybody was like, oh, it was terrible. And I was like, it's not, it's really good. But then I went to see them at Reading a couple of years ago, and that was a bit, it was weird. It was kind of like you could wander to the front, which felt weird from at the driving set, and it kind of lacked the intensity mm. of, of previous years. But imagine kind of Reading 99 at the driving era before they've split up, Cedric and Omar owning everything. Like, you know, they've, they've just released um, a Relationship of Command, and it's kind of like, it is going to be the most intense show ever. So yeah, we're going to go, going to go out the drive, and I'm going to keep the set down to a trim 25 minutes because I think it's going to get dangerous if it's any longer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> health and safety has never been an issue at this festival, but uh, I think it might be for that for that gig. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and strangely, out the driving has not come up on this uh, on this podcast yet, so really? I'm glad you brought them up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's perfect for the for the intimate set. Absolutely. It's now time for this is probably my favourite question actually the full album performance. So whose album would you like to hear played in its entirety? Okay, so I've got three three answers and I'm going to have to whittle them down to one because it's not yeah. fair me keep bringing them up. So <laughs> I've got Fringers by Mew, uh, which I mentioned mm. before, but I'm not going to bring them in because I've seen that full album performance before. So it's just, it was wondrous. It really was. But I've done that. I've had that moment. And while it is selfish of me not to share that moment with all the other festival goers, I'm going to I'm gonna say mute next year. Like, sorry, guys. I've got Dream Nails by Dream Nails. Now, this is an Alcopop band, but it's possibly one of the most perfect full albums I've ever heard. They released it last year, and it is just phenomenal. It's sort of feminist punk witches from London, and they absolutely meld all these super important messages with like absolute full-on fun and inclusion and kind of like they have this community of people who love what they do and they're just they they built this record up and essentially every song is a single could be a single it's just every song is a an absolute you know stone cold classic punk banger but they filled it with all these little skits as well, which are really funny and kind of like, or very moving and kind of bring all these issues up to the fore. So I'd love to hear that played in full because I think it would just, and, and it's an album that means a lot to me. And I think it would be a phenomenal show. So that's there, but they're an Alcopop band. So I sort of felt like I should go for another one. So I'm actually going to go for Pavement to come in. Now we've already had a chat to Malkmus, so he's in, he's in town, which is great. And I want them to come and play Terra Twilight which is perhaps an odd choice for pavement fans. Um, and, I, and I know some people would be sort of like, oh, it should be slanted and enchanted or whatever. But for me, Terror Twilight was the first time I kind of got into pavement. So for me, it was a really sort of special record. I love it. I think it's sort of, it's the perfect balance between pavement and Stephen Mountman's solo stuff. Um, and the first Stephen Mountman's solo stuff, uh, solo album is one of my favourite records. So I'm going to get pavement who are fun, awesome, slacker, like lovely time to come and play Terra Twilight from beginning to end. Perfect. Okay. The sun 
is now starting to set, Jack. The party is about to really begin. The headline is getting ready. But first, someone to get you all warmed up. Now, I think there could be two ways of looking at this. I think you can go full-on party mode, or you could go maybe just uh, mellow people down just a little bit as the sun's going down a bit dusky, a bit mellow, a bit, uh, I don't know, apocalyptic maybe even. Who knows? Mm. So which way do you think you're going to go for this? I'm going to go fun. I'm going to yeah. full-out fun. Yeah, I think I have the perfect band for this. And I am dipping into Alcapop again, so I apologise for that. But but I haven't been too bad, right? There's been a couple, but uh, yeah, bear, fine. bear in mind I spent my life listening to uh, to uh, to Alcapop stuff. I'm going to go for Art Brute because I think Art Brute are this perfect bit of a festival here. You can jump up and down to them. You can have fun. Eddie is going to lead you on a wild dance on the stage. They're going to do inspiring stuff, telling you to go home and form a band. They're going to do a 17-minute version of um, modern art where you all have to kind of kneel on the floor and Eddie will tell you a story of when he went and licked paintings in a in the Van Gogh Museum <laughs> and talk about his breakfast wine and they're just so fun um, and I think they'd be perfect for this stage because like I think you'd have to have a heart of stone not to enjoy Art Brute at a festival like and, and you know I get that some people love Art Brute for the way they sound and some people don't and sort of find it all a bit childish but those kind of people they, they're not wanted here um, so I think it's kind of like we, we're just going to have a right old bop to Art Brute and they told me a lovely story, actually, of um, there's a secret track. We re-released the, the first album on vinyl last year as a COVID treat to ourselves. And basically it has this song, a, a bonus track. And I was like, it's just this instrumental song. It sounds quite like driving kind of riffy. And I was like, what's this about? And the guitarist told me that they used to play festivals. And Eddie, the singer, always used to sort of like, make friends easily. He was the vocalist, so he didn't have to set anything up. So we just sort of go off wandering around the festival. And it got to the point where he missed so many stage times that they wrote this song that they could play for when they had to go on stage and Eddie wasn't there. And they could just play it and riff through it so that wherever Eddie was in the festival, he'd hear the song strike up and go, oh, shit, we're on. And then have to like <laughs> run through run through to the festival and he then interjected and told us when they played a festival in germany and he was literally four fields away <laughs> hadn't realized the time heard the song strike up and realized that he had to get there as soon as possible and so literally breathlessly ran on stage um and then continued the set so uh so i think that would be fun and and you know we'd have that little insight so they'd start playing it and we'd be like oh, where's eddie yeah yeah i'm gonna stick up brute on lovely i love that idea that's brilliant okay so art bruce have finished their set it is now time for the headliner. Who is the main attraction in closing the two confessed? <laughs> well, I kind of like, there's a few options I had for this. Do you know, I did, I, I did think about Tracy Chapman because I was like, I'd love, yeah, to interesting. See, I'd love to see her play. And it was just sort of, I, yeah, just love that record. And like lots of her songs are so powerful. And I was like, I fancy that. I was like, nah, it's got to be Leonard Cohen, hasn't it? And I mean, I've mentioned him a few times. And, you know, again, thanks to the time machine for allowing me to bring him back. And, I, you know, again, you think a Sabbath, 70 Sabbath would be fun. You're kind of like, nah, it's got to be Leonard Cohen. So I get Leonard Cohen back and it would be a monster set. It would be like a nice three hour set. Another it's, three hour. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've said it before. It's the best show I've ever seen. So I can't really not put him on as headliner. I just think it'd be brilliant. Like, it would be such an incredible show. I mean, are, are we having this festival in the height of summer? Because as the sun's coming down late on and he's just starting the set, it would be a wonderful moment. Yeah, uh, it's 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 perfect weather. So it's whatever weather you want, really. If you like a bit of rain in the air, you can have a bit of rain, call you, call you off halfway yeah, through the day. A <laughs> little bit of gentle rain. 
So yeah, Lenny Cohen's headlining. He's going to play a monster set, all the hits. We're going to have just a lovely time, Pete. A really lovely time. So, you know, and as I say, I've mentioned him a couple of times, but I just, I can't look beyond him, really. I think that would be perfect. Yeah. Hallelujah. I, I, yeah. I would actually ask him not to play Hallelujah because everyone... Oh, is really? It. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a beautiful... <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me being really like... Nah, nah, nah. Uh, <laughs> he could drop it, actually. It would, be, it would be a moment, wouldn't it? It would be like, you know, everybody's suddenly... Uh, Pete, I mean, you've done a lot today and I really appreciate all your work, but if you would mind sort of handing out candles and we can kind of like, you know, just sort of... Yeah, that can be arranged. Yeah, yeah. And like... Yeah. And of course, of course, if you do play Hallelujah, you get no one going, oh, isn't this a Jeff Buckley song? Everyone would yeah. know. Everyone exactly. would know. Exactly. Exactly. But he gave, go for some of the sort of more, you know, edgy songs as well. And then oh, maybe Joni Mitchell would turn up and sing a couple of songs with him to famous Blue Raincoat. That would be nice. Oh, this is going to be beautiful. And I mean, like, yeah. you know, I should probably ask him if he wants any special guests. He'd probably chuck a George Harrison in there. Like Doris Day, she could come and do a little chorus or two. Like, yeah, we just have this. It would be, and it would be these amazing sort of special guests that you wouldn't really expect, uh, just 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 turning up, you know. Ah, and maybe we could have Buckley and Cohen doing Hallelujah together, because that Ooh, would be a festival moment. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's do that. Is that ju- juxtaposition between the low and the high? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be that'd be interesting to hear. Or maybe they take a verse each or they could harmonise maybe. I don't know. Does Lenny Cohen do harmonies that way? I don't know. Well, he, he has sort of very good singers singing along with him that sort of, yeah. you know, elevate that kind of that, that uh, deep sort of uh, novelist prose to kind of, you know, just uh, fill it with sort of uh, ethereal glory. So somewhere they'd work something brilliant out. I mean, uh, yeah. Do you know what? I don't care if it works or not. I'd like to see it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would work. Do you, do you have, did you ever know? I don't know how Leonard Cohen felt about Jeff Buckley's version of Hallelujah. Did you ever? Uh, no idea. The amount of money it must have made him, I imagine, yeah. very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a staggering amount of money. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who's this Jeff guy? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting question, actually. I feel I should Google it. Maybe yeah. that's another podcast, isn't it? Maybe. Maybe. That sounds absolutely beautiful. I think. I think you should end, end the festival with that. Leonard Cohen and Jeff Buckley doing Hallelujah. Yeah, let's do it. That's perfect, isn't it? Yeah, brilliant. Okay, well, the lights are going down on the stage. And someone mentions a little jam session happened at the nice. uh, at the campsite on the, uh, well, the camp, campfire at the top of the hill. I don't know if you want to take your guitar down. You can maybe take your guitar down if you really wanted to. Take some bongos, maybe. Yeah. But when you get there, someone's totally unexpected is there. You're like, whoa, who's that? What are they doing? And they want to have a little jam with you to close out your festival who are you going to jam with around the campfire well i i had to think about this um and i was like who could i get that's really difficult really uh, sorry not difficult different and i came up with no better than a person i <laughs> i jammed with in real life which was one of the most bizarre moments of my life and i'm gonna imprint it into this festival i went to <laughs> for reasons that remain unclear a um a party at the fijian embassy in london they were doing some launch for something and it was like it was this sort of party lots of free wine and fijian snacks and the prime minister of fiji turned up and at the end at the end like all of the prime minister of fiji's pals locals and his wife and their pals were like in this fijian embassy and for whatever reason i was still there and we're all drinking carver i don't know if you've had carver it's this sort of um, not really 
it's, it's, I know of it, yeah. Yeah, and it's not not like the Prosecco carver. This is like a traditional Fijian drink where they sort of mix a root and water, and it's okay. mildly hallucinogenic. It's really cool, actually. Worth a try. Um, I'm sure it is. <laughs> and it's sort of so we were we were you know deep on the carver, and a guitar was being passed around, and I ended up having a jam uh, and playing songs from my ludicrous dinosaur-based pop band Jurassic Pop, uh, which we won't go into, <laughs> to the Prime Minister of Fiji, uh, which was very bizarre slightly half cut on hallucinogenic carver <laughs> and uh and the guitar only had five strings so it's very difficult um so i will bring the prime minister of fiji back and we can have a jam together so he's going to turn up <laughs> wonderful brilliantly random i like that the fijian prime minister no idea what's going on but he's sat around a campfire at toucan fest and uh, you're playing him a five string rendition of i don't know something yeah and the current track probably yeah yeah and we'd be having carver and i'm sure i'm sure he'd have a lovely time um (laughs) so yeah yeah that's who i'd have the prime minister of fiji wonderful this has been this has been epic really (laughs) i mean uh just i've noted down some of the people you've you've decided to have on this festival we've got her parents yard act lana del rey and beethoven slater kinney black sabbath and chartreuse in a in a (laughs) In a surprise triple threat <laughs> stage. Surprise is right, yeah. Yeah, we've got Murray from the Excerpts, um, has to play Aberdeen 1987. Uh, we've got Feet, uh, At the Drive-In, uh, Pavement doing Terror Twilight, Art Brute, Leonard Cohen, and the Fijian Prime Minister. <laughs> I think To Confessed is, uh, is well and truly here. Imagine that on a poster. You'd just be <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> um, yeah, brilliant. Happy brilliant. with that? Yeah, I'm super happy with it. I, I, to be honest, this this podcast has been such a joy, but now I feel wretched because I can't go to that festival. I really want to go to that festival, and like I'm gonna I'm gonna start looking at other summer festivals and be like, oh, no, at the driving, mm. <laughs> no Lana Del Rey, no Beethoven. Well, no, no a bit... President Tonga, what's going on? <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit of a sloppy, uh, sloppy job done on this lineup, isn't it? I could do better than this. So yeah, I better get my Capri. Jack, where can people uh, keep up to date with uh, all things Alcopop? I would suggest that you can either come to our website, ilovealcopop.co.uk, or probably hit us up on socials. Uh, you can find us on all of the popular socials, uh, apart from TikTok, because I just don't understand that, at I Love Alcopop. Wonderful stuff. Well, Jack, it's time to get into your silver capri and go and collect your festival goers and enjoy the Two Confess brought to you by Dreamfest, of course. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Well, thank you ever so much, Pete. I think you've put a lot of hard work into uh, into this festival. There's been a lot of slogging, uh, uh, but I am afraid that you do have to clean up all the pie and mash at the end. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, so many apologies. It's gonna Thanks be- for leaving me with the tears <laughs> and the pie and the mash. <laughs> Well, there we have it. The brilliant and generous Mr. Jack Clothier with his Dream Festival lineup. Don't forget to sign up to the Patreon to hear 30 minutes, yes, 30 minutes of bonus chat with Jack. That's probably the most I've ever put out um, on the Patreon. So that's including that review of his own band. He's also got some tips for enhancing your listening experience at gigs. Find out who he's hanging out with backstage and his epic show finale with his ultimate band lineup. It is truly glorious. That's patreon.com slash dreamfestpod. Patreon.com slash dreamfestpod. You'll also get a shout out on the next show and you get to find out who's on the next show before anybody else well worth it. Now, 
don't forget to go and support his label at ilovealkapop.co.uk. They truly are a lovely bunch, and when you buy their stuff, you kind of feel like you're sticking it to the man, as uh, described there earlier in the podcast with Nigel Farage. So go and check out some of their artists. You're bound to discover something new and brilliant. You can also follow this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Dreamfest Pod. My thanks go to Richard Farmer for the artwork, to Jane Powell for the music, to the Brum Radio Podcast channel for hosting, and to you for listening. Join me next time for another special guest and another unique Dream Festival lineup. But in the meantime, remember, if you book them, they will come. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.